0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey guys, it's Mind
1: Pump time. Mind Pump time. Look, in this episode, we talk about fitness, health, getting, building muscle, burning body fat, and we also have a lot of fun... In fact, most of the fun was had in the first 50 minutes with our introductory conversation. shenanigans. Here's what we talked about in this episode. We start out by talking about Adam's head, not the action, but the actually top part of his body.
0: (laughs) wow. (laughs) Wow.
1: Coming in hot. He shaved his head and blew everyone's mind because, A, he has a perfectly cylindrical head. It's nice and round, spherical. Uh, But B, because uh, he has no more psoriasis on his head, which is insane. And uh, the reason why his psoriasis is largely gone is because he's been using Juve red light therapy, which is approved for this kind of usage, also uh, reduces the appearance of wrinkles, um, and uh, anecdotally seems to improve recovery. Now, Juve is the maker of the best red light therapy we think you can get on the market. If you go to juve.com, J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash mindpump, You will get a free Maps Prime program with the purchase of $500 or more and free shipping. Then I talked about an article I read about why dogs have eyes that move differently than wolves. Apparently, they evolved to emote with the way they look at us.
0: They're becoming human.
1: Cute little suckers. Then I talked about the anti-tumor properties of medicinal mushrooms like chaga. Now, Four Sigmatic is the best maker of medicinal mushrooms on the market. They are the absolute best. They have mushrooms that'll help with athletic performance, health, um, immunomodulating properties. If you go to foursigmatic.com, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get 15% off your entire order. Then I talked about Pepto-Bismol and its potential positive effects, on people with gut issues. That's right. It doesn't just treat diarrhea. It Ooh, may actually, good pink stuff. may actually treat the bacteria that causes the diarrhea. It's kind of fascinating. Adam gives his update on the baby classes. He's been taking classes with Katrina, reluctantly, poor guy. Uh, and uh, he gives a talk, talks all about it. It's pretty interesting. Then we talked about the new gifts, uh, the Mind Pump gifts. If you're on Instagram... You can actually look up Mind Pump, and you'll see a bunch of gifts. There's one with Justin spraying cheese in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, I have to live with that. There's one with us using shake weights, uh, Adam slapping Justin's face. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of swipe up ones. A lot of cool, fun gifts that we made. Make sure you go find them- Share them them
0: with your friends.
1: On Instagram. And the guy that made them for us, uh, awesome guy, his name is Andrew. If you want to make gifts for yourself or your business, make sure you go check them out. His website is Eyes Ahead Media. That's E Y E S A H A H E A D Media.com forward slash GIF. Check him out. He makes the best gifts. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first question this person wants to know how to work out on vacation. Now, we do have a vacation workout program uh, that's actually good for any time. It's equipment free. That's why it's great for workouts it's called Maps Anywhere. Make sure you check that out. It's 50% off. But also in this part of this episode, we talk about how to work out with kettlebells, how to use mobility, and how to jump back into your routine after you take time off for vacation. Next question, this person wants to know what our opinions are on posture-correcting devices. There's quite a few of them out in the market right now. We give our rundown. The next question, this person wants to know what considerations or exercises they should use or not use if they have a herniated disc. Herniated discs are extremely common. We talk all about what you should know about exercise if you have a herniated disc in that part of this episode. And the final question, this person wants to know if we would support or be against an exercise pill. This would be a pill that you take that just makes you fit and healthy without exercise or diet. We give our opinion on that in that part of this episode. Also, this month, laziness MAPS Anywhere is 50 off maps anywhere is a body weight band workout it's suitable for beginners to intermediate yes this workout can get very intense it's very effective if you want to mix up your workout if you always work out with weights and you want to try something different get your body to respond again maps anywhere is a program for you or if you travel a lot and you don't have access to gyms maps anywhere is for you this program is phenomenal and again it's 50 percent off just go to mapswhite.com. That's M-A-P-S-W-H-I-T-E dot com and use the code Anywhere50. That's A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E 50 no space for the discount. Make sure you go check it out. Happy Independence, Independence, Independence Day. Day. If, and, and Adam, I have to say. Yo. The <sighs> way that you are, you know, the way you're celebrating Independence Day, I have to say, is commendable. Oh, how's that? Well, I mean, you know, what's the what's the the, the bird of America? Ah, uh, the bald, bald eagle. The bald genius. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you shaving your head the way you did uh, that's a good, and your likelihood that's of a your hair catching on fire. Dad slash bald joke I there. I can see yeah. how it goes <laughs> down. No, can I say something real quick? Yo. Okay. Uh, this is 100% fucking crazy. This is crazy to me. Hmm. First off, you shaved your head. It looks really good. Compliments. Looks yeah. really good on you. Second I'm off, I'm glad that worked out, by the second, way. Second so for, and I'm going to I know you've talked about this, we've talked about this on the show oftentimes, but I'm going to repeat it uh, for people who may be new. You've had, you've been dealing with psoriasis for a long time now. Since, since I you were, was 25. Since you were 25. Yeah. And, you know, we joke around about you, you know, losing your hair as you're getting older and you're, and I, I used to always tell you, shave your head. And you said you couldn't because you had psoriasis and you did, you had like three or four big spots on your scalp, which prevented you from shaving your head. There ain't shit on your head right now. Yeah, it's almost completely gone. That's that is a crazy trend like transformation. Well, I'll
2: tell you I'll tell you what happened. Um it's kind of funny because I had I told you you brought it up way back when you're right about shaving my head. And I used to shave my head as a kid when I played sports. I I, I loved it shaved. Um and it does
1: feel good to shave your head. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's nice, yeah. right? It's a, I think if, if there were no women on earth, every man would shave their head. Yeah, just easy. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's,
2: the, it's the easiest haircut ever. Oh, they still love rubbing my head. Yeah. It's great. All right. So I I would I would love to do that and then uh, I'm, I mean I'm no fool I knew I was I've been thinning for quite some time now right so there's no denial so, yeah, yeah there's there's no me denying that like I've i have been well aware of that for all the people that would like DM me and let me know hey do you know you're thinning like yeah, yeah, really? yeah. hey man no, <laughs> thank <there's>... you bro <laughs> wait
1: a you really get you get DMs yeah, like bro, that
2: bro I don't even like to talk about my DMs come like on yeah. what a bunch yeah. of assholes yeah. 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 yes uh, everybody's notice sending uh... me. Rogaine stuff and all that shit like that. So, yeah, no, I, I for a long time, I've known that. And uh, I would have loved to just shave my head, but I do. I, at 25, I, psoriasis came on, never had it before. And it's gotten progressively worse as I've gotten older. It's an autoimmune issue. And so I've tried to do things in the diet and this and that. And I talked a long time ago about when. Uh, you schooled me on uh, that I probably was had a vitamin D deficiency. That and, made a difference. And that really helped. And then, of course, when I went and did the Everlywell vitamin D test, that I saw the difference and how bad I was even when I was taking 5,000 IUs. So that started to help things out. But I, I just hadn't been able to get rid of uh, the psoriasis completely. Well, something that I noticed when I really got into using the JuveLite was the out of all the things that I saw from the Juve light, Um, because I have psoriasis on my shin. I have it on uh, my rib cage. I've got a a little bit on my elbows, my forearm. So I have them on all these little spots. And the thing that I noticed the most about the Juve Light was it was really starting to clear my skin up. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And it was about, I don't know, I want to say about two months ago, uh, Rachel had taken a, a video of me and we were outside in the front Part of the studio right here, Mm. where the new the big new lights are the big huge sunlights. Yeah, those big soft lights that we have can't hide anything
1: under those lights. And
2: she was videoing me doing something, and I was I think I was looking down on my phone, and that was the first time that I'd seen the way my my top of my head had looked kind of currently and under the those types of lights, (laughs) and it was like, (coughs) oh my god, it looks bad. It looks really bad. And so oh, I told Katrina, I'm like, literally right after that moment, I'm like, that's it. I'm shaving my head. like, And I'll just, I'll figure this psoriasis thing out. I don't care if I got to put cream on it every day and just, it'll be a hassle, but whatever. And so I tell her that. She's like, no, please wait till we get our our photos done. I love your hair. I know that it's not, it just doesn't look so, you know, she's all, you know, biased, right? Oh, it doesn't look bad at all.
1: You can barely tell. She's shorter than you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and
2: she's <laughs> obviously didn't see that shit, right? Uh. So uh, I was already uh, uh, on this mission that I'm going to do that. I thought, okay, well, I hadn't been using the juve ex- that consistent at this time when, it, when this all happened. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back on being really regiment about it. If I'm not out in the sun, uh, I'm going to be in front of that juve for at least 10, 15 minutes every single day. And 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 instead of like doing like the whole body thing all the time, I would just like sit in front of it and do work on my phone and just drop my head down. And I'm like, let's see if I can
1: and just shine the, the just shine right the
2: light on it. And I've been very consistent with that for the last you know two two three months now. And
1: Bro, it's gone. Well, you don't have a. I can't see anything. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. This, it's no people need to know. This is not bullshit. This is not a bullshit. Yeah. Well, commercial. I know. I this I, is a problem. I can
2: still kind of see really, really care, but I mean, it has pretty much almost gone. And they were. Yeah. I mean, there was like. I mean, one of them. One of the spots was like the size of a silver dollar. Two of the other spots were about the size of a quarter, and then I had a, a really big spot between the back of my head, and. They all have pretty much gone away. so,
1: oh, I can take a picture of you right now. I'll post it, and people can see from them. you can't see anything no here's a thing that trips me out about this that well, it trips me out, but it also pisses me off. and this is why one of the reasons why Western medicine uh, practitioners, doctors sometimes get a bad rap and why the wellness industry hammers them uh, so hard. and I think it's I don't think it's appropriate, or I don't think it, it's uh, it's it's accurate to hammer them as hard as the wellness industry does. But I understand where they're coming from, and here's where they're coming from: you've been going to a doctor or doctors for psoriasis. Yeah, I've seen for how de-
2: long? I've seen a dermatologist for almost ten years. Okay, now.
1: for ten years, did they ever tell you that to take more vitamin D? They no. Did they ever tell you to use? Uh, light therapy to to work on your psoriasis. Now, here's the part that pisses me off. This is an alternative treatment, both of which, the vitamin D and the photobiomodulation, like you find in Juve, both of them are approved by the FDA to help treat issues like psoriasis. Yet, neither one of those will recommend it to you. Instead, what do they give you? Yeah, they give me a steroid shot. Yeah, which you have to get a prescription for, and right. you're getting and, right. you're, and you're paying for yeah. red light. They don't make money off of, and obviously the vitamin D you could buy at the grocery store. So once a year, fucking infuriating.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, it was really. I remember when the vitamin D thing came up. And that was when we were doing the show, and
1: I just went on the internet and I was like, "Oh, bro, like a million studies show that people with psoriasis tend to tend to not always, but tend to get better." Yeah. With increases in vitamin And that wasn't D even brought salt. up in
0: conversation with your doctor. Sure. Never,
1: never.
2: And even when I did, actually after the fact, when I brought it up, they're like, oh yeah, that should help. You know, like it was just so oh, nonchalant it about eh. so mad. And the same thing goes for, because I just saw them not that long ago. It and should I,
1: be the first thing you do.
2: And I was telling her yeah. about, so this is the longest time that I've ever had to go between these shots. So I used to go like every six months, sometimes even sooner uh, than that back when I was competing because I wanted it to be as clear as I could be when I was getting on stage. And- It's never been this good for this long. So it's been a year since I did the dermatologist appointment. And the two things that I attribute to it, or three things I should say, um, I definitely notice a big difference uh, when my diet is dialed. Uh, If I'm staying away from uh, high inflammatory foods and I'm eating, I'm eating, quote unquote, clean, uh, I I definitely see it get suppressed. So there I notice a, a big difference. Um, when I'm using the juve, when I'm using the juve or getting sunlight, um, and then also the vitamin D. And those three things, to me, have made more of a difference. Now, mind you, the steroid, when they shoot the steroid in it, it like within a week actually clears it up big time, faster than anything else. Sure. All those other things take longer time and consistency. Well, it, here's There's not f- one time under the juve. All of a sudden, it was yeah, cleared work. up. You yeah, it was. Put in. It was months. It was a yeah. couple months of consistency of almost every day getting under there for about ten minutes and doing. But
1: that. But here's the difference: the the steroid shot is not treating the root cause of why you have psoriasis in the first place. It oh, is it's a sim- band aid. It's a symptom uh, solution. It's like taking Advil for a headache when, in reality, you just stop banging your head against the wall. With a situation like this. Low vitamin D levels can cause your immune system to attack itself. So, oftentimes, people with autoimmune issues, psoriasis in particular, and other autoimmune issues as well, have low vitamin D. Sunlight, or all the the, the wide spectrum of light that comes off the sun, especially the red lights that come off the sun, which is what you find in in the uh, in the Juve light, has a positive effect on these things because it's actually helping solve. The root cause, and that's what's annoying. And you know, here's the other thing: you're der- you go to your dermatologist for skin issues. Ask them if if diet has any cause. Like, hey, can I change my diet and help my acne? No, it's not going to help your acne. No, that's what they not told me. Bullshit. I know that's yeah, what annoyed it's me. Total, yeah. complete bullshit. But this is crazy because you're dealing with a chronic autoimmune issue that a lot of people listening right now probably deal with. That there are no cures. There is no. It's like basically symptom management. Yeah. And the fact that you've made such a, I mean, it's like night and day, bro. Well, that's all I was. I tripped out when I. It saw. really
2: was what I was waiting for because there's no, I mean, it, those that had ever seen, I mean, people that are close to me have seen obviously my spots before, and I've showed them. Um, it, if I had my head shaved and had had my psoriasis flared up, it would look really bad. I mean, it would just anyone that is familiar with eczema or psoriasis. I mean, it gets scabby and dry, and you know, having that on a on a bald white head would just look awful. And so I I was like, I'd rather look thinning like I had been looking for Mm -hmm. a long time than to have like all these these scabs all over the top of my head. So that was I was really adamant about not uh, shaving my head for those reasons. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would love to shave my head. You know, the day I started thinning, I would have loved to. But it, it was too late by that time because I didn't really start thinning till my late 20s. And it was at 25 when psoriasis came on, and And that's
1: right, right around when you were working in gyms and not getting any sunlight. Right after
2: I learned all that, like when I when I unpacked the vitamin D thing and understood, I was like, dude, this makes so much sense to me, at least, right? And again, this is anecdotal; I can't speak for anybody else in their scenario, but it makes a lot of sense to me that I was, as a kid, I lived under the sun. I mean, we we grew up on the lake; we were up higher elevation. Um, I was outdoors every single day, all day long. I worked all through high school and junior college on a ranch and a farm. So I was just sun, sun, sun. I was a big wakeboarder, lake guy all the time. So I just got sun all the time. I was really, really dark. And then all of a sudden I get this job at 20 years old where I work in the gym and I fall in love with it. I'll fall in love with it so much that I work seven days a week, 10 hours a day, many, many days of my life in my early 20s. That And I'm in this box that's fluorescent lights. And I was grinding at 5 a.m., I'd be in there training clients. And I wouldn't leave till 10 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. And I did that for you. And then all of a sudden at 25, It comes up out of nowhere because
1: it does take a while for vitamin D levels to start to deplete because you weren't getting any sunlight,
2: right? And so it makes sense to me that you know I had got my body adapted to getting so much of it, and then I went. So I went from one pretty extreme there. I was probably on the higher end of somebody who's out in the sun, and then I went to the total opposite end of the spectrum by getting virtually nothing, and then that's and so. But I didn't put that together till after. The vitamin D understanding the vitamin D that I probably have low levels in that understanding what I'm getting from the sun I'm like oh okay well this makes sense now that this could have been the main cause well it's
1: one of the it's one of the FDA approved uh, applications of uh, of red light is to work with psoriasis another one is for hair regrowth which is crazy because I didn't think anything really helped hair regrow but that's an actually FDA approved wrinkles uh, reducing the appearance of wrinkles I believe. Is also one of their approved uh, treatments. Jessica's been using it on uh, just on her face, and mm-hmm. uh, and she's young anyway, so it's not like there's, there's you know I, I didn't say think I'd notice, but you can tell a little bit. She her face looks a little more. Oh, Cassie's used.
2: Yeah, Cassie took one yeah. when she went back, and um, same thing for her too. Like, I mean, I noticed a difference r- right away. You'll, it's weird. You have this kind of glow, so it doesn't. It almost and I if, it almost feels like it tans you, but it doesn't. No. I know it doesn't tan you. But when you get out of it for about 15, 20 minutes... You feel your skin feels like it glows. It's mm-hmm. a weird. It's a weird feeling. to where it, it almost mm-hmm. feels like it got tan.
1: It's making your your cells are, are producing ATP at faster rates. That's what it's that's what it's doing, and so it just becomes. Which more... this is why it helps speed up recovery. Correct. That's what they say. Yeah, I don't know if that's an FDA approved application, but there are studies that support it, and there's plenty of anecdote. And I know that red wasn't light therapy wasn't been... it.
2: Doctor Mercola that was uh, swearing by that. He
1: was swearing by it, but but athletes have been using it for a long time. I know professional sports teams have been using. Uh, you know, physical therapists have been using it for a long time for recovery. Um, so it is, it is fascinating. It's,
0: it's quite interesting. But anyway, yeah. I wanted to comment on that dude, because it's like, uh, well, now you look tough, dude. I think we're ready for Harleys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, like it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I'm, I'm really, man, I'm, I'm super elated that it was, that it went away like that and that I'm able, cause to me, it, this is, this is easier and it is nicer and mm-hmm. you know, I don't mind. That's I've awesome. Got a pretty symmetrical dome.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know? Hey, so uh, I was going to bring up this article about dogs, and then I want to ask you why you brought yours in. Uh, they're fucking, your dogs are hilarious, by the way. <laughs> we were sitting out
0: there. They fucking farted on Doug. Oh, he no. was not happy about it. We
1: that. were sitting out there, all three of us, and we were all going through the you know the, the Instagram to pick questions for this episode. And uh, they just went from one person to another to try and get a pet, like to get petted. Oh, they yeah. came to me, and I'd, say, I'd shake my head no. Then they go to Adam. Adam's busy. He shake his head now. Then they go to Jeff. and they just kept doing that over yeah. and over again until and somebody gives slobber in. All over me. Yeah. And I couldn't help it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it reminds me of this article that I read over the weekend that I thought was so fascinating. So, dogs, as you guys probably already know, um, you know they broke off from the gray wolf uh, something like I don't know how many th- tens of thousands of years ago, right? The, the first wolf that came over to humans and. You know, barked when predators came, but then we also fed them and learned that if it helped us, we would help them. That led to the domestic- domestication of wolves, and then led to dogs. And there's lots of traits that dogs have that, uh, because they evolved with humans, the dogs evolved to have certain traits to make themselves more likable mm-hmm. from humans. Oh, for right. ex- yes, for example. The barking and the yelping and all that stuff—that's a puppy behavior that wolves have, but they grow out of it. Once they get certain age, they don't do that anymore. You, you never hear wolves bark. Dogs do because it became advantageous for them to be puppy-like their whole lives, because humans like puppies. We like little babies, and so they kind of adopted these and evolved to have these puppy-like features forever. Another thing that they that they had that they evolved to have that wolves don't have are these muscles around their eyes that allow them to raise their eyebrows and shrug their 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 brow and kind of create these human-like th- gestures. Human-like gestures yeah. and they're Ooh. voluntary. So they're doing studies on dogs and finding that these are voluntary things that dogs do with their face and they're literally communicating to you. Oh,
2: 100%. I yeah. 100% believe that. You can I can tell you when, you know, Bentley is Frustrated or irritated, I can tell when Mozzie's <laughs> yeah. jealous. They have facial expressions. Totally, yep. you you can see what like if I'm if Bentley is not getting attention, and I've already like shoot him off, get away. And he's because he'll first come over with that like sweet look, and it's this like <laughs> yeah. pet me, dad, and it's this real soft look, and he does it with, and you can see it in his face, and he kind of pauses at you a little bit. And if I'm kind of shooting him away because I'm busy, I do that enough times to where he he, he, he gets irritated, mm. and you see the look on him, and he and he actually does this thing where he goes. <laughs> And, he's, <laughs> and he intentionally sneezes on you. Yeah. And it's just, just it's such, oh, it's such a dick move. Like yeah. he'll, he'll do it. Like a lot of times I'll shoo him away when I'm like eating because I don't want him by me. And he'll sneeze on my food. And I know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> and then he kind of walks away and he'll get like, in, he'll get in your, in your eyesight, like in, in, your, in your peripheral, right? He'll, he'll stand there or he'll sit next to like the television if we're watching TV. Just to where just I can to see. block it. you. And he'll just be looking at you yeah. and just mean mugging you, sitting there. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. the funniest
0: thing ever. I'm just dude. happy I finally picked up on Arlo's I Have to Shit look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. you know, I see it. It's this this long stare, and he sits down and looks up at me, and I'm like, uh, I was ignoring it, you know, for so <laughs> long, and it, it you it's know, backfired you on me. Yeah. So, literally, at least now I know. Yeah, no, but it's
1: fascinating because you know, dogs evolved literally to become more likable and able to communicate with humans and to depend on us, like. There's this one study that they do with – they do these studies with wolves and dogs to kind of separate the difference between them. And there are some very fascinating differences. And one test that they do is they'll take food and they'll put it underneath uh, like bowls or something or whatever. And the wolf will have to try and guess which one. And if a human is pointing to a bowl or not, the wolf doesn't give a shit. doesn't pay attention to the human pointing. A dog will. A dog will also try for so long and then stop and look at the human. Like, they'll sit there and look at the human as if to say, yeah. all right, Just no. tell me. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a wolf just doesn't give a shit and will continue doing Whoa, what they
0: Yeah, they're constantly picking up on our cues. Exactly. Versus the wolf doesn't give a shit. They're out there communicating amongst themselves or just on their own.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. And if you think about where we owe so much of our survival as humans to certain animals. Oh, yeah. Dogs, number dogs, one. Dogs, huge. Yeah, dogs, number one. And then horses of course number two and other you know work animals well but. i think
0: that and fire right that relationship because we kept the wolves off with fire but then they would come just close enough and then we would start like giving them food a bit, so, they, so would they, they would keep
1: predators away keep and predators
0: away so yeah how amazing is that it's kind of a crazy symbiotic uh relationship oh it was it's, established it's
1: beautiful there. and yeah. it's fascinating and it's funny when you look at a dog and its eyes and you, you know they say puppy dog eyes or whatever Look at their eyes and you realize that they they've evolved to look more like humans. I know. Like their eyes start to get more Well, have and more- you ever
0: stared like in the eyes of an actual wolf? No. Oh my god, it is crazy. No. Like it, it, they see like way beyond you. Yeah. You know, it's like oh it's it's almost an eerie feeling. Yeah, my one of my friends had like um it, it was a wolf. It was like not pure but like pretty close to pure like wolf uh breed and this this was not like a dog at all. Like it was completely different animal. And would just decide like on a moment, oh, I'm going to jump uh, like a couple feet up in the air into this little crack in the crevice of this window and just take off and then go <laughs> mess with other dogs and just take off. Well, then come back and just, you know, do my own thing. Oh, don't pet me. You uh, know, it would just stop. And it, it was crazy. Well, at Yellowstone, they were saying that if you see wolves,
1: uh, a wolf or wolves to stay at least 100 feet away, like don't even go near them because they'll fuck you up. Yeah, you know what I'm right. saying yeah totally different than than dogs anyway.
2: It, it's funny you're bringing this up because Katrina and I were literally last night talking about you know having the baby and when the when Maximus comes, like you know the importance of us uh being calm parents and no matter what we mm. can't anticipate what it's going to be like, how stressful it'll be like be be prepared for whatever, but in the moment, making sure that we always keep ourselves really calm, and one of the things that I was speculating with her on was like so for example do you believe that when somebody uh you know is blind they hear exceptionally well or they smell exceptionally Mm -hmm. well because they rely on the other senses the other senses senses become up the deficiency right the other ones become extremely heightened because you don't have the other ones you rely on them right when i was explaining to her i was like well think about like what happens with a baby right like a baby's a baby's sight, they, they can't even see but like six inches in front of their face and everything's blurry for them. Their sound, they're used to hearing it all echoey. So a lot of their senses is really dull. And so they really only have this feel. They feel your body with touch and they feel the energy that you put off. And so it babies makes babies are all feel. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense to me that if you're a if you have a lot of heightened stress as a parent and you allow things to freak you out, even if you don't say it or yell or do anything like that, you just put that energy off. The baby has to feel that and sense that totally. way more than you even think that you can.
1: Oh, it makes sense because yeah. a, a baby coming into the world is learning how to react and behave right. in certain situations. And the so same one- thing with pain. Like mm-hmm. I
0: remember that study, uh, but yeah, it was it's crazy to think about that. Like they literally look to you, like oh, I stepped on a nail or you know something happened, and it's not the immediate reaction isn't cry. You know, for a while, like it's I, like,
1: how do I react? Yeah, how do I react? Yeah, one of the reasons why I'm such a, I can be such a, a anxious, neurotic person is because my mom was a very anxious, neurotic person. Don't touch that. Don't get dirty. Watch out. Be careful. Whatever. She'd follow you around, and it, it made me that kind of a person as well. Because right. you learn it, right? And here's the thing: what you learn as a baby and as a child. Oh man, that's your. A lot of it becomes hardwired. It's right, it's right in the code. Yeah, yeah. it's
2: writing your code early on. And I was giving her the analogy that, like with dogs, because you know our dogs were like the first animals that Katrina ever had. She never had dogs. And I always would explain to her like, you know, the boys got in a fight this morning. Is like you can't allow their aggressiveness and energy to freak you out because it heightens the situation. Yeah, if you get all freaked out and scared because they're fighting and getting all scared, it just makes it in more intense. But if you're calm, you're direct, and you, the the dogs can feel that. I'm like, mm-hmm. so if if an animal can do that, like
1: a dog, what makes me think that a baby doesn't have that similar sense of his parents? Well, I have an analogy for you. This is, in this I think this will be a good analogy. It's like you're on an airplane and the 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 people who were, were they called that walk down the aisle stewardess yeah the stewardess comes down and is telling you flight that there's attended. a flight attendant yeah. thank you that there's <laughs> so a sexist. that there's a situation in the in the plane uh, if they're freaked out you're fucking freaking out right if they're like you know okay everybody strap on we got some turbulence coming everybody's like oh fuck the free if they're like oh, hey everybody please uh, fasten your seatbelts there may be a few bumps coming up or whatever everybody's like okay it's not that big of a deal if they're not freaking out because you're watching them and and they're helping dictate how you should feel. So on the extreme level, babies I think are doing the No, I things. think
2: yeah. so too and I and I know everyone always says like, "Oh, you Mysterious. never you ever yeah. <laughs> that's what the fuck they were called." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, be, be, flight hussies. You yeah, pe- <laughs> 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 oh <my God. laughs> I did not say that. Yeah. Uh, no. No, but you have thankfully people always I I know a lot of people that go, "Oh, you know oh you just never know what kind of baby you're going to get or what kind of child. granted yes and everybody is unique and different and they have their own imprint but to to not think that You have a major impact on that child's behavior and how they are as a being, you know, "quote unquote" good child. Yeah,
1: because you think when it's a baby, you think, oh, they don't know anything. Right, they're just just an infant. Like they feel
2: everything. Right. Not only that, but their only way right now of communication is through crying. Mm -hmm. Right. That's their only way to try and communicate however they're feeling or thinking. And so, you know, learning to be calm in moments like that. I and the the parents that I know that are were already, you know, naturally calm type of parents and got along really well and a lot of love. Like it's they tend to have those babies that are like that and the ones that are fucking were scared about
0: it or weren't oh. expecting it or stressed out and like mm-hmm. they you put that and, energy and you, you see that even as they grow up too right. I mean like yeah I've seen like certain my friends that are like <laughs> and, and they they there's nothing but love a lot of times but but a lot of times like very frantic and like always paranoid and anxious all the time like you see it in their kids behavior it's like they're tough just, ah! man. you know it's like chaos
1: It is know. it is tough and if you're if you're that kind of person uh Uh, Being with someone who's like that also, it's like times 10. Right. If one person is calm, oftentimes you can't, you know, it doesn't reflect off any, like it just comes back at you and you start to realize, okay, I think I can calm down a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. Dude, another cool article that I read about uh, mushrooms, which I thought was really fascinating. So obviously we were on vacation last week and so I just did a lot of reading whenever I had an opportunity and I was reading about the anti-tumor uh, properties of medicinal mushrooms. I mean, among all the compounds and foods that we have uh, on Earth that are you know edible or whatnot, mushrooms have some of the most uh, amazing p- uh, promise and properties when it comes to preventing cells from becoming cancerous. Mm. And so I was reading about the theories as to why they they do this. Um, chaga, for example, Chaga is being studied right now for its anti-cancer properties um, uh, by pharmaceutical companies trying to figure out how it works and if they can maybe amplify it hmm. and create a medication to treat cancer. And so I was reading a little bit about it and it's really has to do with the, the, the cell mediated immune, uh, responses that, uh, that mushrooms cause. And if you think about this, like, okay, why would mushrooms modulate the immune system? But then you think about, well, how do mushrooms work? Mushrooms oftentimes are these symbiotic organisms like mushrooms and trees, for example. Mm -hmm. The trees allow the mushrooms to grow in them and on them because the mushrooms then uh, help them become healthier, fight off other infections, and help the trees communicate, now we're finding, with each other. And so mushrooms have evolved to modulate the immune system to not kill them, but through that modulation, Hmm. probably also... Will help the immune system to not become cancerous, to not develop these cancer cells, to not develop oh, wow. autoimmune type
0: issues. It's they, through that process. Don't they also have relationships with bacteria, like a very like uh, a symbiotic relationship with bacteria?
1: Well, they they. I mean, the first antibiotic was uh, was penicillin, yeah. which is a fungus, right? Right. Um. So that's and, and again, this is why you see mushrooms on plants is because oftentimes the plants benefit from having the mushrooms, and of course, the mushrooms benefit from being on the plants. And so it's through those properties that when you eat these mushrooms, it modulates the immune system, which means if your immune, especially if you have autoimmune issues or if you have uh, your immune system isn't working and not killing, because all of us have cells that uh, become, ca- or can become cancerous. And what ends up happening
0: is our immune system destroys them. Can you explain modulating a little bit more though, like for your average person?
1: Yeah. Modulating meaning, uh, if you're immune, if you're, it, it helps bring the immune system into optimal function or balance. So in other words, it's not an immune booster. It's not an immune suppressant because immune suppressants have value with auto, some autoimmune issues, right? So if I have like Crohn's disease an auto, an immune suppressant would help because it would keep my immune system from attacking mm. my digestive system. Immune boosters have benefit for, let's say, a cancer. Why isn't my immune system fighting off and killing these cancer cells and allowing them to become tumors? Immunomodulating substances go in and affect the immune system in ways that are positive, whether it needs to be boosted or it needs to be suppressed a little bit. It modulates the immune system. And there's certain compounds that do this, mushrooms being one of them, Cannabinoids are also uh, have been shown to have this... so immune- four
0: sigmatic Is it in their coffee that they have chaga that they offer? Or is it like a, a pill or powder? First
1: off, most of these medicinal mushrooms have these immunomodulating properties. So if you take a performance enhancing mushroom like cordyceps, mm-hmm. so like you just want stamina and endurance, so you get it from all of them. All oh, of them have this benefit. Now some are more effective at some things than other. Uh, for example, the anti tumor effects of mushrooms, chaga is seems to be the most promising. But I think what we're going to find in the future is a combination. Now, does, is it, probably does it.
2: that also carry into... Because I, I eat mushrooms all the time. Does that carry over into your traditional like, mushrooms?
1: Traditional food mushrooms also have these properties, but they're much, much more subtle. Okay. Um, the medicinal mushrooms are the ones that seem to be the most potent in their medicinal effects, but they're not the kind that you cook with. Like You're not going to make... You're not going to put chaga mushrooms on your steak. Taking cordyceps. Yeah, it's not going to taste good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, they're more medicinal. They're more like like a supplement would be. Um, mushrooms, I, I I'm absolutely fascinated by. Um, and again, that's it's one of the fastest growing fields of. Of research and supplements I think oh, for good reason
0: it's it's really fascinating to me all that stuff between you know mushrooms between bacteria relationships between even parasites and you know all those things that have interacted to create uh, this internal environment that's you know uh near our digestive system like it's it's very fascinating it's
1: weird right because we we I grew up at least thinking that um, and the science kind of said this as well that we are just we're just humans and that's it and we We need food, air, water, and shelter, but that's about it. Not realizing that we're really this this collection of organisms that works together. Yeah, and if we don't have all these organisms, things that work with us, we're fucked. We're totally fucked. Pretty much. I remember the first time I learned that we had more bacteria cells than human cells. I oh, like, I okay. know. That's weird. I'm like, who's controlling <laughs> this thing? <laughs> All of it, right? Sort of freaking out. Yeah. All of it. Um, I was doing some more reading, um, uh, and I also came uh, came across some articles that. So, so you know, I always talk about like gut health and SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and. Yeah. That that's becoming a big issue with people, and and there's there's herbal.
2: Well, I just sent you over my client's report. Yes, yeah. yes, and
1: that might be from gut issues. Yeah, um, and you know herbal antimicrobials that can help kill the bacteria. But what happens a lot of times with people who have SIBO is they'll take these herbal antimicrobials or they'll take an antibiotic, and it's not effective because what micro what what uh, what bacteria can do is they can create what are called biofilms, and these biofilms are like a shield that protect them from medicines and drugs so you get strong enough biofilms you can throw all the antibiotics you want or antimicrobials you want bacteria is behind the the biofilm and they're not going anywhere right then i read that uh a popular uh, uh medicine that you could buy over the counter that people take all the time for heartburn and and diarrhea wow. contains <laughs> uh no
0: bismuth bismuth uh oh, okay which is in pepto-bismol, Pepto-Bismol yeah i remember bismuth That's- it,
1: it breaks down the biofilms and it has antimicrobial properties. And there, and in studies, they're showing that people with gut issues sometimes will take Pepto and then spontaneously heal. They'll stop taking the Pepto and that's it; it's gone because it actually kills these bacteria. Wow. So part of the part of peop, someone's treatment for SIBO, and there are a few functional health medicine practitioners that are good old fashioned Pepto. Yeah, huh? take Pepto along with your antimicrobials, and then you'll get like a you'll get like the best effect. I didn't oh. even know that. It's freaking. That is. Or the counter medicine
0: for diarrhea. I thought you were going to bring up another thing about like peps at AC or whatever, gonna give me like dementia. No. (laughs) no. Fuck. I've already been trying to get myself off of all yeah. those the, medications. The
2: doctor told my client that proteins are getting into her blood, which to me that's leaky gut, leaky syndrome. gut, right? Yeah. That's the only way that would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I, that's what I told her, and I was. I like, mean, it's
1: not the only way, but that's that's what the I most would common think. way, yeah. right? That's what I figured because yeah, and it's I'll, causing her immune system to get. Yeah, she's getting hypervit- rashes
2: and stuff like that, and and swelling, and so she's dealing with all that. Right? Yeah,
1: I would. I, she should look at treating her gut. Really yeah. getting her gut healthy, strengthening the bonds. Uh, it's crazy or, what she's going through right now because she's going through well.
2: all these normal doctors and mm. the the terminology they're using for her, and then the way they, they're trying to tell her to treat it. She's not getting anywhere at all. So I want to. I, I sent her over healthy gut, healthy you uh, from Ruscio. That'll and, that'll be good. No, yeah, no, no, and hopefully if I can't help her, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna meet with her tomorrow and see if I can kind of. Mm. Because here's the thing that you know I I realize too that happens to client when something like this happens, and um. You know, I think it's important to anybody else that could potentially be going through this. Is here she is. uh, She's, she's, I don't actually physically train her, it's someone that I help and coach. And, uh, you know, she's following one of the MAPS programs. She's been consistent for like the last six months. And then all of a sudden, this stuff starts really coming up out of nowhere. And it's right when she's, you know, getting consistent. She's training hard. She's she's dieting hard. She's working her tail off. She just went through a divorce last year or the year before. She's got a lot of stuff on her plate. And then she gets hit with something like this. And she tries to hunker down and become more disciplined and push harder. That's probably
1: what helped but create the environment. For and so that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying
2: to explain to her right now is that, you know, you're you know, and then she has this like. Then it makes me want to just say, "Fucking give up everything." I'm like, "No, it's not fucking give up everything. It's we need to really try and work with your body, and you cannot muscle your way through this situation. Worse, yeah. yeah. And then you think of like going to doctors and them not being able to give you any really good answers. How much stress that probably causes, and anxiety that that causes, which just is feeds right back into it, and it makes it even worse. So, you know. You know, having somebody who I'm talking to right now going through it just reminds me of like, man, that, how hard that is for somebody who who could be listening and going through something like that. Of you know, being able to take a deep breath, calm down, try and listen to your body. As crazy as that and woo woo as that may sound, but you know, trying to push real hard or diet extreme, mm-hmm. you know, is not going to help that situation at all. And learning, well, think to like
1: about it: if your immune system is is hyper vigilant and causing these kind of reactions creating a mental state of stress is only going to reinforce the belief that your immune system right. has that oh right. i need to be hypervigilant mm-hmm. this is a this is a, this is an environment that i need to be even more vigilant and it can cause even worse problems. So, anyway, I wanted to ask you about the. Didn't you take some classes? Oh, yeah, Lamaze classes and all that. right? <laughs> oh, Was it yeah. Lamaze that you took? Oh, Dude,
2: did I you did. take any of the hippie ones? Bro, I did everything. I did. She, you know, uh, trying to be supportive husband guy, right? So she uh, she signed us up for the newborn class, and then we had. Uh, the Lamaze class they don't call it Lamaze they call it something else you know but we did uh, we did all that stuff well, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and uh you know I was joking with her that I, I you know I didn't need to go I don't want to go and she's just like you have to go and I'm like okay well I'll go out of support but I really don't want to be here and then I found out they were like it was like three different days of four hours a piece dude and I was like oh my god are uh-huh. you kidding me and now, mind you, after I've gone through it, some cool stuff. I mean, there was some, some little things like that. It's been a long time since I swaddled a baby, so having someone teach me to reteach me how to swaddle a baby and different techniques and 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 some do's and don'ts that I'm like, okay, that was cool. That's good information. You know, I mean, nothing that we couldn't googled, but still, <laughs> yeah. you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> the part that really annoyed me though were some like, so you know, the girls teaching this class. Uh, super super sweet girl had a couple kids herself. Been doing this class for I think she's been teaching it for like eight years. That's been going with Good Sam for I think like twenty years. It's been in, in the practice, and uh, you know, kind of an eye opener too. Uh, we're in a class, and you know, I forget Katrina and I are are not an average person, and I've you know I feel average. I feel like a normal, just like a normal person. But when you think of like health, fitness, and understanding and knowledge about your body and stuff. I forget what a gap there is between us and a lot of our peers. And this was like a major eye opener of that listening to the questions. And that's part of what drove me crazy. Of just oh, like, man. oh, my God, these questions that are being asked, this is as basic as we can possibly get. Like, of course,
0: they're getting into nutrition and, and exercising. Well,
2: and that's where I got really like Ugh. now I'm like, OK, now I'm wasting my time and I'm hearing bad information. Like this is what makes me want to leave. Oof. Some guy asked a question that I thought was a very good question to ask at this point because we are starting to get into the process uh, the actual labor process and um, the the importance of you know the mom staying uh, calm and and pushing and like what that all looks like and talking about the muscles that that push the baby out and the guy this guy raises his hand and asks he says so is there would is there any validity to um, should she be training and working out to to do this? And she was like, or no. Strengthen those muscles. Yeah, strengthen those muscles. And she was like real quick to be like, no, no. You know, at this point she's, you know, pregnant and she's you know, way too far along to be, you don't need to be doing any crunches or ab exercises right now, which that's true. But, you know, crunches are one thing. Learning to activate your transverse abdominus is, an, is another thing. So... She just kind of like went right over that and shut that down for people. And I'm thinking to myself, to me, this is what I've been coaching Katrina on since the day we got pregnant was the, you know training your pelvic floor muscles. And I have no idea what it's like to be pregnant or have a kid. So this is just my you know anatomy, physiology, trainer brain going. I'm going, okay, it makes the most sense that all these muscles that are responsible to help contract and push this baby through that canal – I would think it would be really smart to train those during this time right now so that when it comes to game time, you've got that mind-muscle connection and you've got it down really well. Just like if you asked me, if you looked at me right now and said, Adam, flex your lats, I can do that. A lot of people can't do that. Well, why can I do that? Well, I've trained that connection really, really well for a very long time. Not a lot of people understand how to activate your core. We all know that from being training clients for many years. You ask someone to do like a drawn maneuver that's never done it before or, you know, suck in just your core but don't hold your breath. Mm-hmm. A lot of them can't do that. So to tell me that there's no value. And training that and teaching that really well and then to go and then you add in the, the a lot of these people, what I don't think sixty plus percent are taking the epidural, which fucking numbs you from all the way down. So now you want somebody who's never trained that connection to activate those core muscles to help push this baby along, and then you're gonna give them a drug that numbs all that up and think they're gonna have a a, a connection there. Like, no wonder so many C sections are yeah. happening. It makes total fucking sense to me. Then you add in, she goes into she starts talking about she starts showing the the pelvic the hips right, and showing that you know how it works. It's kind of you know she's taking a little baby doll and she's putting it down through uh, the, the the pelvis and she goes you know and this is what what happens is you know when your pelvis is like this if it if it's if it closes off it makes it really hard for the baby. And she's yeah, kinda, if, it, if
1: it goes anterior, the baby can't come out. It has right. to go to a posterior. To right, so
2: she's kind of thing. like showing just demonstrating that, and so I let her finish her thing. She doesn't say anything, and then like they take like a little break, and I go. You know, do you think there would be any value in teaching everybody, like, how to actually activate their glutes and then rotate their pelvis, like, when they're in that process? It makes sense to me that you would engage the glutes, rotate the pelvis, activate the core. To help shuttle this baby through, because that you open up the pathway, provide a clear pathway, right? Yeah. And you know none of that was covered, and so I'm like, this is crazy to me yeah. that. And you got to know that what ninety uh, something percent of the population has already an excessive anterior pelvic this tilt. This is
1: why sitting in a standing in a squat is probably the the most natural best yes. position to do. Del- yeah. You have gravity working with you. Mm-hmm. You when you sit in a squat, you naturally will, which will, will will go into a posterior pelvic tilt. By the way, they don't let you do. Do after you've had the epidural, no, of course not, No. Right? Because so, you have no, you have no, you're numb, they, right? They block that. They, they go through the spine. They block that that part of yeah. your body, right? So yeah. you
2: you wonder why you know there's such a high rate in these C sections, and mind you, there's always exceptions, and the there's world. a
1: high rate of epidural too, because a lot of times women are brought in and they're rushed through the process, and if they're not progressing fast enough, then they recommend that you do you take pitocin, and pitocin is. Uh, it gets your it body to contract. The contractions. Oh, really well, hard. this is this is exactly really what, really hard, and then and then pain goes through the roof, and you're like, I want that, I want yeah, the epidural. You really want it. This yeah. is
2: why I have a doula. This is why we hired one because you know my mom asked me too. She's like, I don't understand. Aren't you guys going to the hospital? Why would you hire a doula or a midwife? Doesn't make sense to me. I said because we have a birthing plan, and I know that when push comes to shove, and Katrina's in the middle of this thing, uh, I real quick just become dad. And, and trainer, not doctor, and she's not going to listen to any of my advice. Yep. Rightfully so. I'm not a doctor. And so if they're in the heat of the moment and they're telling her she should do this or she should do that, regardless of what our birthing plan was, she's not going to listen to me. And I and I don't want to get into that. You in that just situation.
1: want someone who's experienced that you right. can trust. A hundred percent. hundred
2: percent. I want somebody, which was awesome already because they were they, right. The first thing that she asked, like you know, who's supposed to deliver the baby, and asking those questions. And these these ladies are already very familiar with all the doctors, what they're known for. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what types of tools they like to use, what's their go to position, what what are they known for a high rate of C sections? Do they push push the epidural? Like, yep. and so they already know going in these guys rates or girls rates on what they do or don't do. And it's like, oh okay, see, I'm so glad that I have somebody there that's going to be assist me and being able to help coach her through it. Because our goal is, and I'm, we're not like, no, we won't, but our goal is to have 100% natural. And I believe that Katrina can. Like, I really believe that uh, she, she wants to. I think she will. And I think if she has somebody there to support her that's educated, that's experienced yeah. in that area, I think she'll she's going to be just fine. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, and if, of course, if something happens, then you do what you need to do. Exactly. But, yeah, but, yeah. but the whole process is it's treated like a medical emergency from the from the second you walk in um and that documentary was very illuminating wasn't it oh i wanted
2: I, you guys. I wanted to have uh i wanted to have it at home i was close to convincing her hmm. but you know i get it. it's her first one and like I, i'm not trying to be like you know <laughs> but i was like i was down i said if we want to do uh, this in the house i'll get you all the support you need we'll have it right here at our house like hmm. let's do it here and She's like, oh, I don't want to do the
1: first. Yeah, one no, here. I I really value Western medicine for its ability to handle emergencies. If there's an emergency, that's what you want. You yeah, want the doctors. You want good place there. Yeah. They are the best in the world at doing that. But one thing that they do is they view it. It's like a it's like a hammer. You know, yeah. if you're a hammer, everything's a nail, and so they view everything in that way. And so, woman goes in. She's having contractions, not moving along fast enough. Here, let's give you some Pitocin to get this sped up a little bit. Oh, my God, my contractions are so painful I can't even breathe anymore. No problem. Let's do an epidural. Oh, no, you can't push the baby out because your body's numb, because you're not connected to those muscles, because you're laying on your back. You can't use gravity. Okay, now let's go into C-section. So it's no wonder that the C-section rates are so high um, in in developed countries, especially in America. And some hospitals, the C-section rate is the majority, Mm. which is just – absolutely insane. It's totally, totally crazy. So anyway, dude, I'm, I'm tripping over the, how viral I think the idea you came up with those GIFs, Adam, was brilliant. I didn't realize that they would go so viral so fast. Bro, 10 oh
2: million views already in the first week. <laughs> in one week. And we haven't even talked about it on the show yet. So no. a lot of people that are listening right now may not even... Well, I don't know if everybody even knows what a GIF is, right? I don't even... What does GIF stand for? What I does the no acronym idea. stand for? It's,
1: I don't know. I'm going to look it up right something now. Something yeah, I,
2: image, something. Yeah. yeah so this was, this was a blast, man. Really, really cool. I got connected with... So funny story how this all happened. So... I shared. I used. I use gifts all the time on my Insta story. Right, those are the little. Oh, they're the best. Right for people that are listening that don't know what that is, it's like when you can take like a a little a Im, image, short little loopy video of a person, you know, making a laugh, laughing or pointing, or and it just goes over and over. Yeah, again, right? right. It stands for Graphics
1: loop. Interchange Format. Right, so it's okay. a Graphics Interchange Format thing. Okay. Right, I knew so knew
2: that. So I use this guy's, uh, I use this one, uh, and it's this big black guy and he's laughing really loud and it's a hilarious little gif. and I use it. And this dude happens to follow me on Instagram and he's like, Hey, that's me or whatever like that. And I was like, <laughs>
0: "You're like, Whoa. Yeah. I was, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> the guy?
2: yeah. Like, cause I've never met anybody that has a gif before. Or, I didn't know who makes these or how these work. And so yeah. he messages me. And says, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, what? I'm like, are you serious? I was like, how did you do this? How did you make one? And he goes, oh, my buddy, Andrew, he does this. And he just used me for fun, you know, for some of them. And I was like, what? Could you put me in contact? So he connects me with Andrew. Now then I reach out to Andrew and say, hey, man, I would I would love to do something like this. He's like, yeah, no, actually, I, I just recently started a business. I do this for companies. Um, uh, let's talk. And we got on the phone. I introduced him into Mind Pump and like, you know, this is what we do, kind of give him kind of background on the brand. And this was like almost six months ago. And we got busy doing stuff. It wasn't like a high priority for us to make gifts. And so I was just kind of like, whatever about it. Well, he reaches back to me like maybe like a month or two afterwards, and he's like, dude, I, I would love to do this for you guys. This this is freaking you guys are awesome. He goes, I've started listening to your show after we talked and I've been binge listening. Oh, man to the episodes and fucking love what you're doing. And, oh, by the way, I also have a podcast, Can I Interview Guys? And so we flew him out here uh, last week or the week before last, and uh, we recorded a podcast, which, by the way, I thought was an incredible interview. I thought oh, I could, it was a great interview. Yeah, super yeah. talented. He's, got over, he's done over 100, I think, 120, 150 episodes he's done on his. Really, really smart kid, really uh, did a great job on the interview. So that's up on YouTube if you haven't seen it and then he shot all these gifts with us man and what a fucking blast. Yeah. This well was. the thing
1: about the <laughs> thing about gifts and one of the reasons why I think they went viral so fast that he informed us on was that on Instagram it's not that competitive. Like it's kind of wide open. If you make a good gif and you put it on Instagram and and the window is short, right? At some point there's going to be so many of them. Yeah. Good luck trying to get yours to get used a lot. But right now it's kind of a wild West. you go you, you make a good gif, you put it on there. The odds that somebody will find it and then use it and then more people find it, and use it are actually pretty high. right. So I, I'm tripping out over the fact that we got a million, or no, 10 million views in a week
0: yeah. in a week and not announced it on the well, podcast. Just, it conveys so much more. You know, I feel then just an image too. And I loved using it by text. I was already using a bunch of gifs already, like when somebody would oh, you know, text could. me or something, I could like, you know, I could I could I could throw out a gif there that, that basically summed it up like right. really quickly. Yeah. It was awesome. So to do
2: that, just so people know, because I've been so a ton of people have asked me that, you can text with them too. You just gotta yes. download the gif gify app. So mm-hmm. G I P H Y. I think it's like a, a, a black colored looking logo or yeah. whatever with that but you, if you
1: want to find ours on Instagram I mean you can, there's there's a lot of search tags search Mind her. Pump Just especially that's Mind easy. Pump no space and yeah. you'll find all, all of, of them yeah you'll
2: find all of ours that way now they're starting to populate on the actual yeah. the tags my
1: favorite one is the one where you're slap. was it you slapping Justin <laughs> oh my god yeah. what, <laughs> you slapped me for real yeah. I know Make that's sure why that I, like real, yeah. I like it I like it because it's a nice it memory look no, real, and, for yeah. the, and
2: I've had quite a few of our, our buddies and uh, friends that run podcasts and have companies and stuff like that and even individuals if you're interested you guys can you guys can find him. You guys go to his uh, eyesaheadmedia.com dot forward slash gif, and you can apply for these like through them. And they, uh, it's the, eyes ahead, yeah. So
1: e y e s a a h e a d, and then media.com forward slash gif. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Angle has landed.
3: by MAPS Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. eagle has
1: landed. Qua.
3: First question is from Rebecca eight. How do you guys work out on vacation? Also, if you are in the middle of a maps program, should you pick up where you left off or start over? Well,
2: this was, um, this was a lot of the motivation behind creating maps anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if we're not somebody, cause I, I'm not somebody who trains body weight and at home with no weights, you know, m- many times in the year or would follow a full on program. But, most certainly um, am somebody who has done lots of hotel workouts and, you know, randomly at a a VRBO house that I'm staying. I mean, I've definitely done things like that on the go. And I know a lot of I've had a lot of clients. uh, In fact, probably one of the most popular things that I've done for clients is write uh, traveling workouts, mm-hmm. workouts for when they're on the. road. I've had a lot of business, a lot of businessmen you. and women that I've trained in my career, and you know the the ones that are serious and consistent always would want, you know, something written for them when they're on the road so they could keep up uh, their consistency. And I know that between that and all the dog shit at home programs that we had seen. We are like we had to come up with something for our audience that you know that we would put the maps program. Well, something
1: on. that I would do because usually the the equipment free workouts are just they're they're suitable for beginners but not very suitable for no. intermediate or advanced. I or the I, opposite, I, right, 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 exactly. Like, like insanity, or what? But this is terrible workout programming. Right. It's basically just beat yourself up. I lo- I love workouts on vacation because it gets me out of my normal routine and it forces me to do different things, which then my body benefits from. So it's hard to it's harder to do this when I'm at home and I have my garage gym or I go to the gym. It's harder for me to say, okay, for the next week, I'm just going to do bodyweight exercises or for the next two weeks I'm right, going to do- Right, because
2: you have access to all your toys. Yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> and, I, and you get stuck in your routine or whatever. But when I go on vacation- Either there's a hotel gym, which is usually very limited, so there's like just dumbbells, yeah. or there's nothing. I still Treadmills. like to, yeah, I still like to work out uh, on my vacation. I still do my routine, and so what I'll do is I'll use it as an opportunity to try different routines. So what I've done recently is I've taken the workouts from Maps Anywhere, and I'll do those, and they're shorter. Um, the AMP sessions are, can be quite intense, mm-hmm. and you do them in, in their body weight or bands. There's no weights. And I get and here's what happens. I'll do those for a couple of weeks. I'll come back to my regular workout, and I always notice improvements, and a lot of it is just, uh, just that it's different. It's new, it's novel. I haven't been doing you know workouts like that in a long time um, so I, I I love workouts on vacation. It really gets me to change things up yeah
0: i usually I usually try really hard not to plan it out unless um, it's a longer vacation. And so like, if I have like a three or four day vacation, like it's, it's sporadic. It's, it's something that like, I actually end up craving movement. I craving exercising. I want to go get something in. And so uh, a lot of times when it's like, sporadic or spur of the moment like that like you need something that you could do like within the house or wherever you're staying and so that's where like maps anywhere for me has been you know huge because like even in the long one I found myself like man I'm gonna be laying down the whole time next to this pool like I just to me like I I can only do so much laying down and chilling you know, that's it's true. just, I get like stir crazy. And so uh, like, I, I just found moments where I could go, you know, hit a workout, hit an AM session and then, you know, down further in the week, because I was there so long, I found an actual gym that, you know, had weights I could go do get a lift in. But uh, yeah, that's, that's been a, a huge way for me to use it as supplemental to uh, you know, like me just wanting to get some activity in.
2: Yeah. It really depends on where I'm at. Like currently in my training routine, like if I were to take a vacation like this weekend, uh, for sure, this is a place where I would utilize like maps anywhere, like a tool. Like, if we're, like, for example, we're going out to the beach this weekend. Uh, obviously, we won't be around some of that. So this would be a great opportunity to use some of that. Sometimes, though, I won't train. It just depends on yeah. where I'm at in my training routine, how consistent I've been leading up to that. Does my Could my body use a few days of nothing and relaxation, and am I going there to you know, disconnect and just focus on my partner and read a book and lay out by a beach? Or am I in the middle? Like right now I'm in the middle of like ramping up my training again. And so, and I've got really good momentum for the last couple of weeks. So here's where like, I don't want to miss a day. In fact, right now I'm back to like every day I'm in the gym, I'm doing something, whether it's recovery type work, mobility type stuff, body weight stuff, or strength training type stuff. I just I'm trying to get myself back in that really good rhythm, so absolutely I would not want to break that. But sometimes too, it, it all depends on who I'm talking to. Like, uh, you know, we always talk about the importance of you know working on your relationship with exercise, and you know, there always it seems like we're always one extreme or the other. You know, very few people have really good balance. Most people are either work out they work out and they're addicted to it, and they can't take a day or two off, those people could probably just use two days off and just enjoy your vacation and not worry about it. And then there's other people that really struggle with consistency, and those people I would really push in the direction of don't use vacations. Plan it out, yeah, yeah, plan it, and you know, and that's where something don't lose like, the momentum. Now, right. how
0: do you feel about like they're also asking about like if they're in the middle of this program that they're doing, and then they take a break of a week or so, and then come back? Like, this is such a common question that all I, the time I, I just answered it in my DM uh, yesterday
2: uh you know Adam i I just fell off for two weeks. I was in the middle of phase two. Should I start the phase over or should I start the whole program over? And really, the answer is neither one of them is wrong yeah like you I could go either way yeah neither one of them is going to be bad or detrimental and the difference of which one would technically be better we're probably splitting hairs, wouldn't you say
1: I, I would agree I think it, it depends on the person. Whatever you go back to, just do your first few workouts. If you took time off, if you didn't do any workouts, I'd say go back to – if you go back to what you were doing before or if you start over with the workout in the first phase uh, all over again, the first workout or two, just lower the intensity a little bit. Just get your body kind of used to it. But, you know, here's the thing. If you're on vacation and you're staying active and doing workouts, then you can definitely pick up right where you left off. That's what I just did. So I was just on vacation I wasn't doing my traditional workouts. Sometimes it supercharges it. It, it did for me. Yeah. I came right back to my work because I was active. I was active on my vacation. I did do my, you know, my, my body weight type movements and my Maps Anywhere type workouts. And I just jumped right back into my routine and I actually felt like I might have gotten a little bit stronger because of the change. Now, if you're completely off, if you're you know, one week or two weeks on vacation and you're not doing any exercise whatsoever... Whatever you decide to come back to, whether you start the, the whole workout over or you jump back to the workouts you were doing when you left, my suggestion is to do the first two or three workouts with a lower intensity. That, because yeah. what you may experience is just increased soreness. If you jump right back in after being inactive for a week or two, you might, you'll be just as strong as you were. You're probably not going to be weaker. Sometimes you might even be stronger. But you're going to get
0: sore as fuck. If you so hit can I? Yeah, I think I think if, uh, along those lines uh, of thought. Like for me, I would think if you were inactive that whole week, I would probably start back again to that phase. Versus if I was active that whole week, I would probably try to see how I felt progressing. So let me share something that
2: I'm I'm doing. And this may not work for everybody, but this is something that I like to do. Um, I have not been that real consistent and training hard for quite some time. It's been more sporadic. It's been more the two to three times a week. And I've had lots of breaks in between on some of this stuff. And just like I said, I've been trying to get really consistent. So what my last couple of weeks have looked like, I've actually, what I do that works really well for me when I get back into that is I'm following like a MAPS anabolic routine right now, but split in half. So I actually will go to the gym six days out of the week, but I'll do like half of, of foundational work on one day and then the other half of it on sure. the other day. And then as I after about 2 weeks I'll start to put it all together in oh, okay. a in a single workout. Mm-hmm. It just it seems to work really the the amount of volume because for someone who hasn't been training consistently for a while uh, you know, a, a maps even a maps anabolic workout, which is probably one of our lowest volume workouts, can be quite a bit of a workout. I mean, yeah. that's a it's a full body routine, and you know, doing just legs or a big muscle like back or chest could get you pretty gassed. And so, what I'll do is I'll do legs and two two other muscle groups on on one day, and then I'll do. Uh, you know, chest or back and two or three other muscle groups on the next day and kind of split it like that. So I still Mm -hmm. follow the routine. I just now spread it out over six days. until I let my body start to get adapted and acclimated to that. And then I start to combine it all together and then ramp up and scale.
1: But I really want to stress this. There's a lot of value in interrupting your normal programming with a couple weeks of something totally different. And it can be you know, switching to just body weight stuff. It could be moving over to kettlebell type stuff mm-hmm. or, you know, changing to a completely different style of lifting. And then just go back to what you were doing before and then watch what happens. Watch how how awesome your
3: body responds. Next question is from Andrew Lemberg. What are your thoughts on posture correcting or coaching devices? I've been seeing more and more ads for different types mm. recently. Mm. So there's... so uh, Mostly shit.
1: Yeah, generally yeah. speaking, they're garbage. But there's two categories of posture correcting devices. One category for sure is garbage. Um, that's the category of devices that put you, they force you into good posture. It's like so, a man bra. Yeah, it's so you might have like seen. Holds you back. Exactly. So like there's one that like goes around your shoulders and it, and it ties behind your back and mm-hmm. then you cinch it up and it pulls your shoulders back. So now you're, you can stand totally relaxed, but it's going to hold you. In you know really good posture, like those are terrible because they're actually making the situation worse. They're putting you in a position. You're you are relying on the device to be to hold you in that position. Meaning, none of the muscles that hold you in that position are now being active. So you're just going to make yourself even weaker and make that position even harder to attain without the device. You actually start to rely on the device, and then you'll need the device at some point to where if you take it off, you'll actually hurt. You'll see this with workers who wear these weight belts. They look like weight belts, but they're, they kind of go around their waist. You see my Home Depot too all the time, right? They wear those things around yep. to protect their back. Then they get to the point where the back just hurts if they don't have one on. Yeah. So that category of posture correcting devices, uh, terrible. They don't correct devi- uh, posture in, it's in a any dependency. real sense. They're terrible. Yeah. The other category are these new devices that, I've seen one where you place it in your mid-back.
0: Yeah, it's and some it, like electronic device that you stick in between your rhomboids. Yeah, and yeah. it like beep or mm-hmm. buzz if yeah. you're if you stop cues you somehow.
1: Yeah, if you stop standing with good posture. And so it's constantly reminding you to activate those muscles and stand up tall. Now, those are better, but here's why those can also be crappy. If you just can't activate those muscles cuz you've got poor recruitment patterns, that thing can buzz till the cows come home. All it's yeah. going to do is reinforce poor posture cuz you're right. going to try and activate and here's what's going to end up happening in the, in the case Elevate of- Elevate your shoulders yeah, guess, and shrug and yeah, do all weird stuff. Yeah, oh, my neck hurts yeah. now. Or you're overworking it in a bad way and you're developing you know inflammation. Um, correctional exercises, if you want to correct your posture proper, you have to do exercise, but it has to be done properly. If you do it properly and you do it frequently, you'll fix your posture. If you don't do it that way, uh, it ain't going to happen. It just I, ain't going to happen.
2: I would have to see um, the coaching devices because there, there is a lot of things out there and- That's such a a, a broad uh, statement. You know, coaching devices could be almost... I use a lot of tools to give feedback for people, right? So I think that... Um, there's value when you're coaching somebody and you're trying to get them to feel something and and, and understand something. For example, like a, a yoga block could be used as a, a coaching device or tool when helping like uh, somebody in a 90 90 in hip mobility. Mm-hmm. right? So I could have somebody in 90 90, I take this block and I put th- their leg up on that, so i'm 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 helping them assisting them with the internal rotation of their hip. But then, what I'm I'm using that tool to get them to try and engage and lift it for them, so they can feel what they should feel like in that position. They're just so it's so foreign to them because they've never rotated that far or they haven't rotated that far in many, many years. And I'm trying to help get them reconnected. And so I wouldn't rely on that tool for them to always have it. I'm just trying to use that as as feedback, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, depending on what we're talking about as far as devices, uh, that's what other anything that you wear though to fix a posture issue, all bad. I mean, that's just like uh, the Dr. Shoals and the shoes thing. Mm, uh, mm. Same thing. Like those are, I mean, and, and I know there's a whole industry around inserts and and doing that to help people out. And that stuff is terrible because if your feet are pronating and you know it, which a lot of people's do, and you put an insole in there, and oh, man, it feels so much yeah, better. No more
1: back pain, no yeah, more hip pain. right,
2: no more hip and back pain. Oh, my God, these things are a miracle. Like, no, like... All you did was you just put a crutch on it, is all you did. You didn't fix the root cause and what we need to do because you can fix that root cause. Yeah. I understand that there's something that is deformed on you that doesn't allow yeah, you. Yeah, like if
1: you legit have a shorter leg. Yes. Yeah, then right. a total exactly.
2: different story. Like if you have a deformity like that, but most people, that's not the case. Most people. Have got issues with connection to their feet or lack of ankle mobility and then they have these excessively pronating feet that then causes knee and hip and back pain and then they put these insoles in to help straighten it out and they feel better it's like no you're just crutching the issue you're not solving the root cause here's the,
1: here's the thing you want to consider uh with with posture there are certain things that you do on a daily basis that you want uh, to be unconscious and what I'm or automatic. Okay, breathing is one of them. Imagine if you had to constantly think about breathing all day long, you wouldn't be able to do anything else because you do it all day. Yeah, uh, walking is another one. If you had to sit there and think about putting one step in front of the other, that would be extremely stressful. Posture is another one. Good posture should be automatic. So if if someone says, "Oh, I'm you know my trainer says to work on my posture," so I got to constantly think about fixing my posture. That's not gonna that's not gonna help yeah. because you're not gonna sit there and think about your posture all day long every day. What you want to do is you want to strengthen your body so that ne- good posture is natural, yeah. so that just standing regular, you have good posture. And so if a device can help you do that. Then it's a good device. If it doesn't do that, then it's a bad device. And I most of them don't.
0: Yeah, I see like very minimal value in it, but I do see some value. I see some value if you uh, attach a good coach that actually has an assessment with you that shows you your your proper position, your proper posture, where uh, you know, like, okay, this is where I need to you know come back to. And so if I if I had a device that just kind of prompted me, and I know to like get my body in position there uh but i wouldn't use it like only for that assessment that it's just like okay now i have to learn that process and i have to continually put it upon myself uh, to recognize like this happens. And so I I just need to adjust myself back. And I look at you bring up the example of breathing for me it was game changing when I, f- I figured out like being in an ice bath, how to not tense up and how to breathe my way through it and relax. And just the mechanisms involved with that was, was huge. But that after that it's like, okay, now I know how to do it. If I'm under like extreme stress, how to calm and breathe my way through it. So there's just like parts of that where I do see where it becomes automatic. Learning it, yeah. You you want it to become automatic by putting the work in. You don't yes. want to do it by having a device like like poking you.
1: Right, right. Just like when you first learned how to walk, you had to think about every step you take. Now when you walk, you just do it automatically.
3: Next question is from S Miller Fit. What specific considerations or exercises are there for training those with herniated discs? It's a good question, and its I feel this is crazy that I don't know if we've ever had to answer
0: this. No. And it, yet it was
2: a common thing. That super I,
0: common. I've just had that recently. A
2: couple this is, people ask me this question. Yeah, and I don't know if this has ever been asked on a quad. And it has to be up there with the top five things that I've had to deal with as a trainer That I remember, the first time was scared, didn't know what to do, freaked out, and like, oh god, I can't do anything. Try to avoid stuff.
1: Yeah, but you come
2: to realize really quick that the I the dot, and this is I think this was probably the beginning of my career when I really started to like question a lot of what my doctors were telling my clients, because the typical uh, advice from the doctor when something like this is like you have a herniated disc is don't
1: move, don't squat, right?
0: Yes,
2: don't. Don't work out. Don't lift weights.
0: Don't. The potential for surgery and all these like crazy, like invasive yes. things were and in s- your future would scare all these clients. which
2: and scare me as a trainer. I'd be like, "Well, your doctor said you can't work out anymore. You can't do this anymore." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like, and that sent me down the rabbit hole of really trying to research and figure out like what exactly does it mean when someone has a herniated the,
1: disc. Nothing will cause your body to deteriorate faster than than you uh, re- reducing or eliminating activity. So however much pain you're in now or whatever your issue is now, whether it's the result of an acute injury or some chronic pain, not moving will make your body deteriorate faster. Now, in the short term, you may notice, oh, my back doesn't hurt because I stopped using it. But what's going to happen over time is that your back's going to get very, 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 very weak. um, And you're going to be, you're going to lose all the movement that you did have when you, when you were moving. So not not a good ad- not a good advice. Uh, sometimes it's given to people where they say don't don't exercise. You you should exercise. You should just do it right. That's yeah. the important thing. If you exercise right, um, oftentimes you'll find uh, pain alleviation, and at the very very least, you'll minimize or slow down or stop the deterioration of your movement and or your joints and your discs. Now. I I trained, I've trained lots and lots of doctors and surgeons. Uh, My my wellness studio used to be next to the hospital. And I remember talking to one of them about herniated disc. And he said, Sal, he goes, to be quite honest with you, if we imaged the next 10 people that walk by your studio. Yeah, everybody would have
2: somewhat of a herniated disc or look pretty damn the same. He
1: said a lot of them, a good chunk of them, we'd be able to find something on that image that shows some kind of a herniation or whatever. I remember when I learned And he says, and a lot of them would would be asymptomatic, they'd have no pain whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, we do imaging on people who have lots of pain and we can't seem to find what the issue is. Now, here's the deal. A herniated disc, you have a lot of joints in your spine and the herniation can happen... 360 degrees. So a lot of it depends on the person that I'm working with. So I can't be super specific with my answer. But what I can say is this. If your spine is supported with balanced strength and mobility, the odds that you'll have pain are far, far lower. Okay? So if you look at the spine, if you take the spine out of someone's body and you try to stand it up on on a table, it'll just fold over. It doesn't doesn't align itself uh, on its own. What keeps it aligned, are all the muscles that surround the spine and support it. So it only makes sense that if you have a a herniated disc, that if you do it appropriately, it's got to be done properly, okay? So make sure, especially if you have a herniated disc that you work with a professional, but if you do it properly, strengthening the muscles that surround and support the spine are going to make further injury far less likely. And oftentimes, in my experience, most times, Reduce the pain. It'll reduce the pain because whatever caused the herniation, you can correct with exercise by working on all those. Dramatically,
2: dude. I mean, because most people, I mean, including myself, okay, we're all sitting in chairs right now. And I'll tell you right now, I'm resting on my poor posture and my core isn't activated. Mm -hmm. And the way it's like it's made up of 28 different internal muscles that work like a vacuum around the spine. And I used this was used to be one of my favorite things to to teach people and get them to understand the importance of training the core especially for somebody like this because those internal muscles wrap around and tighten up like a vacuum around the spine to help hold it and stack it the way it should be. But unfortunately, one, we don't, many people don't even know how to activate it, much less know how to train it and strengthen it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, 99% of us all have postural deviations anyways, and so we're already hunched over and we're putting stress in that area. If you knew how to activate your core and you had a strong one, and then you could hold that spine up in a neutral spinal alignment, then it takes off a ton of the pressure that's mm-hmm. on that herniated disc. So the idea of... And then if you, if you learn to do that well you'd be surprised and Again, one uh, I have to say this, I'm not a doctor, I'm not prescribing this, I'm not saying okay, always check with your doctor first, right. but I'll tell you many of my clients that had hernia disc, we still deadlifted, we still squatted, we still lunged, we still did a lot of these movements. I just had to make sure that they were very strong and supported and understood
0: Their the bracing mechanism was was on track. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that, and that's the biggest thing I found is like really getting back to that and getting diving back down to the root of, you know, the recruitment patterns and where, you know, the deficiency really lied that, uh, you know, was causing, you know, parts of, of the problem that led to that. So, uh, you know, between the hips and, you know, going through like the mobility and like reactivation of certain muscles that uh, your body's already pruned off certain things that are normally there to support everything. Like, yep. You have to like reconnect all the support system.
1: Yep. Now, now generally speaking, um, acute injuries require rest um, and, uh, you know, non-movement. And an acute injury is you know, hey, uh, I hurt my back. How did you hurt your back? Yesterday, I fell and I twisted or I landed on something or I pulled a muscle or whatever. That's an acute injury. And yes, acute injuries, you probably should rest it, let it recover, let it heal. Now, the chronic type of pain, that, which is most pain, okay, most people hurt from chronic pain, not including, from an acute injury. Including something like a herniated disc. Right. So you ask somebody, like, oh, I have back pain. Okay, well, what happened? Oh, well, 10 years ago, I hurt my back and it never was the same. Okay, it's no longer an acute injury. Whatever you hurt 10 years ago healed. Now what you've developed are poor recruitment patterns, poor movement patterns, and that's causing your issues. That's the chronic pain that most people have. And chronic pain, oftentimes, you can have a very positive impact through the proper application, emphasis on proper. Proper application of exercise, including mobility and flexibility work. When you apply those things, look, if you're somebody that has pain, it's chronic, do you want to have to treat that pain for the rest of your life? Or would you like to figure out the root of it and solve it? Well, exercise properly applied in flexibility movements and mobility movements properly applied to you for your individual issue in your body. That is the path to solving the root. That is the only path to solving the root. There is no other path. Everything else is either treating the symptom or not moving for fear of, of, of causing more pain, in which case you'll cause your, your, your muscles to become weaker and weaker and weaker over time to the point where you'll get to the point where you can't do anything anymore. So yeah,
3: I'm glad you brought that up about the, the you know, doctor's recommendations that are frustrating. Next question is from D. Zach. In an episode of the Freakonomics podcast called The Zero Minute Workout... There are arguments for and against the development of an exercise pill. While you have argued that real exercise is the best, studies show the majority of people will not exercise no matter how much you educate them. In this case, do you agree that an exercise pill is valuable to society and health? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It would only make things worse.
1: What? I, well, I, here's, here's – so I can see both sides. And the exercise pill
2: – I'm assuming that the exercise pill is – You
1: take it and then it like – causes it's like your body thinks it's right. worked, worked it, out it doesn't make you want to go exercise no, it's you, not that right that's n- what it means no it's not cocaine no it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> well yeah. I, I had to i had to clarify <laughs> it, that
2: you? because actually if there was a pill that actually motivated you to go exercise and work out i would be pro that but i'm not pro a pill that Star,
1: Starbucks Venti, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not pro
2: a pill that's supposed to replace. And you know what? You've said this, Sal, before that. Uh, and this was probably something that this came later in my fitness journey. Did I really piece together these two things? And, and one of those is that it the quality of life that that you get from exercise. It's not just about looking a certain way. It's how I just actually had somebody really cool story of my uh, my host up in Reno. Uh he was in the worst shape of his life last year. Uh got up to two hundred and thirty-five pounds. He's a couple year he's two years younger than we are. Uh and he reached out to me, he goes, Adam, he goes, dude, I I've woke up and I just feel like I'm in the worst shape of my life. I need to do something about it. What should I do? So I kind of went back and forth a little bit. I got him set up on MAPS Anabolic and uh gave him a couple of books to read and and to go take some tests and see where he's at as far as Blood and hormones and all these things because he's now you know getting to that point where I think it's a good place to check all this stuff. Long story short, he texted me yesterday, literally that uh, he's eight point five percent body fat. Wow, yeah, he's like best, Dang. yeah, best shape, wow. of his, nice. best shape of his life. And one of the things that I said to him was, you know, what I like to tell after I got done telling him like how amazing that is and like wow, I'm so proud of you, that's so rad. And we kind of celebrated, talked together. I said, hey, something I always tell clients when they're in this, when they get to this place, when they can say I'm in the best shape of my life is it's easy to accept all the compliments and to look at yourself in the mirror and like, fuck, I look great. And so that, but really right now, do your best to actually make connections to all the other things that most people don't think about. Pay attention to your stool. Pay attention to your mood. Pay attention to your relationships. Pay attention to your work, how, how motivated you are at it, your skin, your hair, all these other things. I guarantee are at some of their at some of your peak in your life right now because that's how much this the, the habit and the routine of exercise impacts and bleeds over into other aspects of your life. And you
1: just said it the the routine, the discipline, the you know, everybody wants the information and the knowledge, but nobody understands the value in 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 the pursuit of the knowledge uh, and the information, which is what just how you develop wisdom. Wisdom is not the same as knowledge. Everybody in this room right now has all the knowledge that they could ever want because now we have cell phones that connect to the internet, but that doesn't make us any wiser. Mm -hmm. It just gives us access to information. An exercise pill will definitely make people physically healthier. Sure. If you could take a pill that made you lose weight, improve your health markers, build some muscle... Now you're stronger. But all that won't stuff. They will value it. Well, they'll do it, but it'll po- it'll create other problems. Yeah. It'll create other issues because people have didn't learn. It would be like giving everybody a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You, you've solved money issues for the, for a lot of those people, but you haven't solved a lot of the other issues that o- would only come from learning well, how go to go further in
0: excess, knowing that they have this to kind of bank on that this can get me right back into shape. And yeah, it goes back to that 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 old philosophical. It's. It's struggle. It's the struggle that, that, that creates the purpose. Like we need to to implement struggle for a reason. And there's a reason why, like physically, we need to, you know, put certain demands on our body. It has to teach our body certain things. How how everything needs to to interact with it. How to overcome adversity. How to do like all these things. It, it translates mm-hmm. to so many other aspects of your well, life. Well,
1: think think about it this way: when you look at the average American who's I don't know thirty forty pounds overweight, right? Considered overweight or or borderline obese. What you're looking at is a person who. Uh, they are, they are that way with natural borders and boundaries that come from food. So although you may look at them and say, you don't really care about your health, believe it or not, that person is still dealing with some of the consequences of eating poorly and whatever. Now, if you take all those away, like if that person is just shredded no matter what, you want to see what the excesses of human behavior can look like? Yep. Watch out. And this is what I mean by we'll solve some problems. But we're going to create, create a lot of other ones I would
2: love yeah. to I would now Agreed. it makes me want to go listen to this episode because I'd like to hear how you would argue the positive side of this
1: well the positive is going to be oh less diabetes less obesity what people are going to be healthier which do, is true well do you believe that or would
2: I I'm in the camp of what Justin said which is if we gave them something that that did that, that would automatically, you know, make them get in better shape, they would just eat in more yeah. excess. Habits. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They well, would just push the limits, especially with how how hyper palatable all these foods are. It would just be that much easier. Like right now, even somebody who I think is 100 pounds overweight and has really poor eating habits and poor exercise habits, I still think they somewhat have a conscience and go, you know, I probably shouldn't finish that whole bag of Oreos. I'll just do 30 of them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And they, and they stop there. But if you had a pill that goes, oh, my God, this cancels out X amount, I'm going to still go. So Fair game. So I don't believe that it would do anything.
1: No, you take away. Statistically When speaking. you take away the consequences of behaviors Um, without the person learning how to modify their behaviors, uh, you're going to, you're going to create, you create psychopaths, a perfect storm (laughs) for insane, uh, type behaviors. Like, look at it this way. If, if we could all, if all humans could plug their brains into the internet and enter into a world where there's no consequences, you have any idea what people would fucking do? It would be, it would be crazy. Um, and so we have we, we, these consequences are kind of what, what guide us a little bit, and for good or for bad, they help guide us. If you give people an exercise pill, sure, you lose weight, you, you, know, you don't have risk for diabetes anymore, all that stuff happens, but all the other benefits that you get from the process the, of the, the wisdom that you gain from modifying your behaviors, taking care of yourself, loving yourself, valuing food for things other than that the just tastes good- the discipline that it requires to go and move and exercise and you structure your day around it and the way you can handle the pain of, the, of lifting weights or training or whatever, all that stuff is gone. Now you just have a bunch of lottery winners. That's what you literally have. Right. Imagine if you took a yep. bunch of people who just were constantly broke and never responsible and they have all these bill problems. You're like, you know what? I'm going to solve your bill problems by giving you Tons of money. And to that point, what happens all yeah. They all end up broke anyways. They do. Uh, yeah. Or depressed. And, or- and that's why
2: I feel like I I would argue that, statistically speaking, it still wouldn't make an impact. Mm. Maybe initially, when the first wave came out, you'd be like, oh, wow, obesity's down by 10%. Yeah. Oh, this is- Give def-. it five, 10 years. Right. Give it a couple years and that we would just push those boundaries again. So yeah. it could, because the behaviors, mm. because the part that really matters didn't have, And that's what I meant, too, about- You know, that's learning to look how those new behaviors and the things that the lessons that you learned on your journey to 8.5% body fat, what else did it carry over into other aspects of your life and make that connection?
1: Now, here's the truth the truth is that if science can come up with this, it will. Um, And do I think that they shouldn't? No, I think that they should. If they can, I think they should develop this pill because I do think, used properly, this could really benefit and help a lot of people. But I also know when it comes to health and fitness, I know human behavior. And I do know that if this pill gets invented um, and it really is exercise in a pill, we are going to encounter brand new problems like we've never encountered before. And we're just going to either have to evolve past those new problems or we're going to cause ourselves to crash and burn. It's kind of really, this is really uh, an example of just kind of what's been happening with modern societies, anyway. Yeah. I mean, we, look at look I don't know yeah. if on, I would, on all fronts.
2: I don't know if I'd want my body to feel like it's exercising and not be exercising. Exercising doesn't feel great all the time. No, <laughs> no I, don't think be, I don't think you'd feel it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be sitting here podcasting and be like, oh, like I feel like I'm in the middle of a set. No, nobody
1: would take that pill. Are you kidding me? No, I think the what it's going to be is you're just going to take it and then you're just going to be like, oh, cool, I'm becoming more fit. Oh, I'm getting more shape. I'm getting leaner or whatever just by taking it. I this mean, pill. there's got to be something chemically happening on inside. There's got to be something. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Like, like how much do they really understand yeah, yeah, what will the, yeah. what will the side effects of this right. of this pill be and are you training muscle recruitment patterns or are they just getting stronger yeah. in the way that they're already being activated which would be terrible from a pill yeah. like, I just, like, I get,
0: like like i don't get i don't get it like what, imagine what, what that, is this midaclorians in there what's yeah, going on
1: yeah like imagine if you had like if you took the average person with poor posture poor movement patterns poor whatever and you just snapped your fingers so they could gain twenty pounds of muscle and strength,
0: but it's but it was their, their normal patterns. Man. It would be people would that would be worse. Yeah, they'd well, hurt themselves. Okay, now too. now th- that's out of the bag. Who's to stop them from taking a gajillion of them and getting like the Hulk? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be cool. <laughs> that's
1: gonna happen. <laughs> anyway, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, you can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and you can find me at Mind Pump South. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If
3: your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.